Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show today. Today we would like to have a little bit of a chat about personality types and how personality types might relate to some of your habits to do with clutter and decluttering and general tidiness. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about personality traits which differ to personality types and um, so this is this is a different this is a bit of a different area Beck and we're kind of we're not necessarily on the same page about this, but we'll, we'll get there. No, we'll, not uh, really. We'll explain. It's going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because we yeah, we do have different perspectives. So, when we're talking about personality types, we are talking generally about um, patterns of behaviour uh, that that occur across a number of areas in someone's life or, you know, lifestyle rather than just individual little nuances, I guess. And one of the most common ways of testing your personality type is the Myers-Briggs indicator. And a lot of people probably have either done this for themselves or for years it has been very common to do as part of a job application procedure. So you may or may not be aware of your type, but it's something you can definitely do and definitely do for free online as well if you're not sure. Have you done it, Beck? Yeah, several times. Mm-hmm. I like doing tests. I like <laughs> I like doing questionnaires and <laughs> uh, answering questions about myself. <laughs> so does my 11-year-old daughter. Fun. She does the ones like <laughs> if I was an animal, which one would I be? If I was a food, yeah. which one? I'm like, I don't think that's legitimate. She's like, I'm a taco. If I was a food, I was I would be a taco. I'm like, I don't think that's a legitimate test. See, you know? They're so funny, those tests. Like if you were a celebrity's cat, you know, which celebrity's cat would you be? <laughs> like, oh, they're so, and you still like I used to get dra- dragged into them, um, but, yeah, I I definitely avoid that, that. Avoid those ones now. That is the but whole reason I went off Facebook for a year because I <laughs> yes. found myself doing the test of which vegetable are you, and I'm like, how did That's my right. life get to this point? How am I here? <laughs> Why do I know that I'm a zucchini? I'm not cool with this. <laughs> I need to get a life. Facebook be gone. But now I'm back, and I just avoid the tests. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but this one isn't quite going to make you into a zucchini, at least. No. No, I don't know. No, no, it's not. And um, it's hard because when we're talking personality types and personality type testing, there's a whole stack of different ones that are out there. And quite often people talk about the type A versus type B. And I quite like that discussion and that typing of people as well. But we're going to do a different episode on that later. Otherwise, I'll be here for six hours talking to you about personality type. So today we're just looking specifically at the Myers-Briggs indicator. I'm going to pop a link in the show notes for a website that you can go to that does Myers-Briggs testing for free and beware some of the, the ones that will test your personality type. They want to want you to give them your email and then they're going to probably send you all sorts of spam. But there is one out there that you can do without doing that. So I'll I'll definitely pop it in the notes in case you don't know what you are. So 
starting off, for people that aren't aware of Myers-Briggs personality indicator, it it's a long story. <laughs> Basically, a, a Swiss <laughs> psychiatrist, Carl Jung, in about the 20s, he came up with eight distinct personality types and those were extroversion or introversion and most of us are familiar with the idea of being an extrovert or an introvert, introvert. Uh, whether you're more of a thinking or feeling uh, person or whether you use sensation or have intuition. So he came up with those kind of six ideas and then he linked them that you were either an extrovert thinking and sensing or an introvert thinking and uh, intuitive or whatever. That was kind of his his bag and his study back in the 20s. And then Isabel Myers and her mother, who was called Catherine Briggs, they came up with a test to describe, you know, to try and classify people into these groups. And then they added uh, a fourth dichotomy, which is judging versus perceiving that all happened in the 40s. So <clears throat> to help you understand what they're, you know, where the questions come from, effectively the extroversion versus introversion is a question about where do we get our energy? Do we kind of get lit up and feel re-energised and refueled by being around people and busy situations and activity and hype or do we, you know, recharge when we're home and we're quiet and we're on our own? And I think um, I struggle a little bit with this because I always come out as an extrovert, but <laughs> I'm not. There are plenty of times in my life where I don't feel like an extrovert. And and I one thing that I am not a huge fan of with this test is that you are one or the other. You, they're all dichotomies. Mm. You cannot be. It's not a sliding scale. I can't be a slightly introverted extrovert or a slightly extroverted yeah. introvert. I am one or the other. And so when you're doing this, take it with a grain of salt um, and I guess answer with the idea of how you feel most often. Mm. Um, do you think you're more of an extrovert or an introvert, Beck? <laughs> um I think I'm changing over time and I don't I, I don't know whether it's to do with age or my station in life or anything like that but I always tested as an extrovert and I knew that I was an extrovert who needed her downtime though mm -hmm. so I kind of knew that but I sort of assumed I was a bit of an extrovert and I did the test last night just in preparation for for recording today, just to double check um, because I'm going to poo-poo little bits of it later and I need to have evidence. <laughs> um, so uh, I came out as an introvert uh, and pretty much most of it, it, the tests that I did did have a bit of a sliding scale and obviously it said I was an introvert. But I, as far as the questions on introversion, extroversion went, I answered 51% introvert, 49% extrovert. So clearly... Mm. It was just a slight, like there's only a slight difference between the two and, and I'm very much the same, you know. I I gain a great deal of energy getting up and speaking in front of a room full of people. That really gives me a buzz and it tends to not drain me. However, if I go to a conference or a training day, 
and there are a lot of people around me and I'm sort of learning and interacting all at the same time, I need to disappear and be by myself for a while afterwards. So I have like, you know, there's two ways that crowds work with my energy you know they can give it to me but they can also take it away from me mm. and, and that's where I am that sort of that crossover which yeah. is one of the big problems that I have with this whole thing but <laughs> we'll get to that um <laughs> so the second dichotomy is about sensing or intuition so the the questions are around how do we take in information so if you're a sensing person you're more about facts and reality and if your intuition, you're more focused on possibilities and potential, and that's how you, you know, take in information from your external environment. The third one, which is thinking and feeling, um, that's about how you make decisions. So now that you've taken the information in about your surroundings, about your environment, how do you make a, de- a decision about things? If you're a thinking or a T type, you make decisions based on logic and truth. You're really fact-focused. Um, if you're a feeling type or an F, it's all about your values, your relationships, a few more of those intangible things guide you to make the decisions you do. And the last one, which is the one that uh, Myers and Briggs added to Jung's original six, is judging, which is the J, or perceiving, which is P. And that is about how do we organise our world? If you're judging, you like a lifestyle that's well-structured, more highly ordered, Um, a P type or a perceiving type is one that's a bit more relaxed and a bit more goes with the flow. So that's kind of a general uh, expression of how how they look at or what they're looking at, what they're testing. And so those eight key differences result in 16 distinct personality types. There's never any kind of um, discussion about whether one type is better than the other. It's more just Mm. about popping you into a category of how you prefer to function in the world and, you know, how it might impact your behaviour over time. So... There's plenty of debate out there about whether personality types are fixed or can change over time. Like Mm, whether, like I said, yeah, whether they're innate and you're born with them or whether you Mm. learn them. And obviously, if you continue to learn, you might continue to change and your personality type might change. I don't want to debate that too much. That could be a whole other show. And there's people that know a lot more about this than I do. So, I personally, I feel like they would change because I, I had one distinct personality type for all of my, you know, teenage university years, but mine has Mm. changed as well now, but it has stayed the same for the last 10 years, but is different to what it used to be only slightly. But um, Mm. mm. so once you've got, you understand which of the dichotomies you fall into, you then get your type. So The most common type, 13.8% of the population, is an ISFJ, which would be an introverted, sensing, feeling, judging type, for example. And then um, there's 12.3% of ESFJs, so the extroverted, Mm. sensing, feeling, judging. And I'll pop a chart in our 
show notes so that if you want to figure out what you are, you can see how much or what percentage of the population are like that. And and that's where I think it would be really interesting to see how these change over time. But, yes, discussion mm. for another day. So now we mm. want to bring that all back to clutter and how your personality type might relate to your clutter. So once, so there's these 16 types and then I'm not even sure who, but at some point someone decided to condense them back into four broad categories. So one of the categories is called the Sentinels and they consist of the ISTJs, the ISFJs, the ESTJs and the ESFJs. Um, And... (laughs) The, You're going to be dreaming about this tonight. Uh, yeah, I feel sorry for anyone that just jumps into this podcast in the middle and just hears it and they're like, Is Tara lost her marble? What? She's just reciting the alphabet now. Um, <laughs> but so these, this group, the Sentinels, if you're one of those, of all the personality types, you are the least likely to be cluttered. They're less likely to form attachments to objects. They like to illuminate clutter. They're not particularly sentimental. They're happy to get rid of things that don't appear useful. Uh, They like their spaces to be really organised and visually pleasing, don't like feeling overwhelmed, all that kind of thing. And the thing that cracks me up, you can spend all day looking at this stuff because they group these sentinels together, these four types, and then they split them out. So each type has (laughs) its own title, like there's the... (laughs) commander and the the something sentinel and yeah yeah. oh that's that's just marketing that just i look at that and just go oh yeah they're Um, they're they're appealing to our sense of needing to be in a tribe and but anyway i'm I'm poo-pooing again sorry (laughs) no that's all right we will get there i will give you a wide berth for (laughs) poo-pooing all of this um so if you're a sentinel you're more likely to be a stickler for detail and you you'll recognise the disorder and the chaos that might be happening in your home or your workplace and then you're pretty motivated to remedy that issue because you find it kind of unacceptable. Um, Which one are you again? Are you? <laughs> I'm a What's sentinel. Yours? <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> That's why I asked. I thought you might Yeah, I'm, I'm an I, uh, no, an ESFJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so you're like an ISFJ. I've common. never ranked on that. that introverted scale no i'm an esfj esfj yeah so you're right up there with the um 12.3 percent of the population mm. um I'm, I'm right down the bottom are you you're, you're a unique rarer. one what are you yeah <laughs> uh well i have been three different types over time so uh, enfj or enfp mm-hmm. i have alternated between those um the p and the j the perceiving and the judging i'm right smack down the middle um and but i'm usually the n and the t have been pretty consistent and then last night i tested as i what did i test last night as let me just i've written it down infp so um yeah so i've tested as those three so an infp mm-hmm. entj is only 1.8 percent of the population that's what i used to get the most responses from um, and then INFP is 4.4% of the population. It's somewhere in the middle there. Mm. So, But it changes for me because, you know, I I change. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard too because if you do the test at the end of the day and you're exhausted, the idea of yeah. like, yeah, oh. do you feel if someone invited you to a party with 300 people, are you going to feel excited to go? No, 
But if you ask me that yeah. at nine o'clock in the morning, I'd probably say yes. You know, like yeah, um, and that's the thing. Like it's so, and and we have all of these influences on us that we don't even know about. And I'm mm. going to quote another Hidden Brain podcast because I got so I listened to this other one the other day, and just being reminded of our mortality can have an effect on our behavior that is completely unconscious. Mm. So like just things like that so it's same with um you know if if a if a girl is reminded that she's female before she does a maths test she'll perform worse than if she's not reminded that she's a female before she does a maths <laughs> test exam it's like stuff like that you don't even notice it and yep. they didn't even say remember you're a female and females are more likely to do bad at maths because of that stereotype uh, which isn't totally untrue but anyway um then you know, it's not even that subtle. It's more like, you know, mark male or female, marking female, those that had to mark their gender. Mark. Anyway, I get on a rant, but there's all this unconscious stuff that mm. um, that influences us. So, yeah, something could have happened five minutes before you've done the test that could completely change your results yeah. without you even knowing it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's – but, you know, they're relatively, they're relatively consistent. Most people will only find that they – that they switch between two if they if they really switch a lot or mm-hmm. if they switch at all. So, so that the so next you're the group, sentinel. What's the yeah, next so one? I'm, yeah, I'm a sentinel. What did you what did you say you were again? INTJ. Um, yeah. So the, I'm a diplomat, which oh, we'll right, get to okay. last. Okay. So the next group is called the analysts, and they consist of the INTJs, INTP, ENTJ, and ENTP. Um, so all of them have the N in there, which is that intuitive trait. And so they're grouped together as analysts and generally they find it hard to let go of things that they feel might come in handy in future. So you'll, those people kind of identify that with that idea of, but I might need it one day and can really get tripped up on that, that little hurdle. Um, the INTPs, I'm really sorry to say this and please don't start exhibiting this behavior just because I've said it but the research says you're most likely to be uh or to have pack rat type behaviorism um and they said it's because you love collecting information just in case things Mm. come in handy later on so you just kind of programmed into that I might use that that could be useful and sometimes Mm. it's really linked with not being wasteful either like it's not about yep. the fact that you don't care. It's about the fact that you might not want to waste things so you'll hold on to them for when it comes in handy. But that's why sometimes mm-hmm. if that's your trait, you might find it harder to let go of things. Generally speaking, the analysts are not as effective as maintaining a clutter-free state as the sentinels because they're more focused on all the other stuff that they have to get done. So analysts are busy They've got lots of things on their radar. They've agreed to lots of things. They're focused on deadlines. They're, you know, so tidying and decluttering is kind of not that important to them and it falls off the list. It's not that they don't care. It's just that it's a lower priority. And generally speaking, the analysts know where their stuff is. If you ha- ask them to go and find mm. a birth certificate or something, they would know where it is. It just looks messy from the outside. So it's kind of that organised chaos that they operate in. Hmm. And and generally they're okay with that. They're okay with a bit of chaos or a bit of clutter as long as it's of their own design. So quite often the analysts can get overwhelmed or annoyed if it's other people's clutter. I find that really <laughs> fascinating. That's interesting. Like yeah. I'm okay with my mess because I it's an organised mess <laughs> but, but you I'm not clean okay up. with yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It would be interesting to do this test with your family. Like, and get, I would love to know what the types of my family are as well. See if it explains uh, some of the, yeah. like, the differences in my kids. I can my husband. And their bedrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah my kids <laughs> are quite different as well. Yeah. Um, so the third group is the explorers. They're the ISTPs, ISFPs, ESTPs, and ESFP personality types. They're the most likely to be disorganized. Sorry, folks. Uh, they're just <laughs> not focused on tidying. There are far more important things to do in their life and they just don't get inspired by keeping their mm. environment clean uh, or organised. So they're generally more chaotic and easily distracted, so don't really have the motivation to declutter. They are also the ones that have difficulty letting go if there's things that they have a sentimental attachment to. And the thing I think is quite interesting about this group, the explorers, is that all of this is completely re- reversed if they have an item that's really important to them. So if it's a collection or something mm. that they've really carefully acquired and curated, then they're highly organised um, and highly focused on keeping it tidy and neat but only if it's something that's really that they've taken great care to, you know, acquire. Mm. So other than that, the rest of the the place might be a bit chaotic, but their their special collections of things will be will be neat and tidy. Uh, so mm. the diplomat. So this is you, is it, Beck? What are you? Yeah, this is me, the diplomat. So I'm either INFJ or what was it? Yeah, I, INF- no, INFP. Um, or ENFJ I've been as well sometimes. Okay. So the diplomats, this subgroup is the INFPs, INFJs, ENFPs and ENFJ personality types. Uh, Of all the four general personality types, the diplomats are inclined to be pack rats. They've got strong intuition and it says that their empathy drives them to be future thinking and a bit of a warrior and that's why they're they're more likely to hold on to things because they get worried that by decluttering they're less likely to be able to help other people if they're in a time of need and also are, are worried about what if I need it one day, what if, you know, what if I let it go and then I, I require it. So that kind of level of concern about the future and anxiety towards the future can lead them to more likely hold on to things. One of the things I found online, which I thought was quite interesting, is if you are in the diplomat group and you want help with decluttering, that it says one of the best things you can do is join your neighbourhood upcycle or free cycle groups, that once you are surrounded by other people that are on a decluttering Mm -hmm. journey, you're more likely to, to get involved and be inspired. And I think it's because the diplomats are, they're creative thinkers they have a lot going on in their internal world, lots of thoughts, lots of ideas, uh, very creative. They're not as concerned with their external environment, but also they love helping people. And so, you know, when they feel connected with a tribe, they're more likely to get on board with with that. So I think that's why, you know, connecting with other people that are, you know, trying to let go of items might inspire them to do the same. So, does that do you relate to that at all, Beck? Not in the slightest. <laughs> I love it. Okay, hit me. This is the shoot me down zone. 
Oh, no, I'm not going to shoot you down. But um, I just find it really interesting that I don't relate to the description of the diplomat or mm. um, those those points that you took brought up anyway. So maybe I might um, have other aspects of the diplomat in me, but when it comes to stuff, I'm definitely, I don't have any problem letting go of things. I don't, I'm not a worrier. Um, I don't worry <sighs> I don't really, I shouldn't say I don't really worry about other people, but that doesn't come into it as much as what this description says for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I am, I do have a very strong sense of empathy, but that doesn't drive me to be a worrier. So I find that really interesting. But that said, one of the other descriptions of the um, INFP, which was one I did last night, that had me as um, that sort of described me relatively well, even though it says, while they may be perceived as calm, reserved, or even shy, <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever called me reserved or shy. <laughs> calm, yes, I am calm in a crisis, that's for sure. But yeah, it's, it, it sort of describes the, the INF, I don't even forget, I forget what I'm on now, INFP, yeah, as an idealist always looking for the hint of good and even the worst. And so I am that, like I am definitely mm-hmm. a bit of an idealist and am guided by, you know, a bit more by principle and logic. But at the same time, when I make decisions, I definitely go, I'm very logical about making big decisions and I'm very much the type of person who'll sit down and write a pros and cons list. And even though my gut has a say, a strong say in it, like it doesn't just have the, the only say in it. So this is my, one of my problems with these personality type indicators is that there's just no like you mentioned earlier there's just there's no spectrum there's no Mm. um allowance for a spectrum and the that's where it sort of says it it sort of screams in unscientific to me and and again that that's just another another reason why my typing goes against my behavior so my behavior to, to when i look at this stuff i want scientific evidence that this stuff is true before I will act on it. Mm-hmm. And that really wouldn't be something that and the classic INFP would do. They would just have a feeling that it made sense and so it would they would be along board up on board. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I need I want the facts. And my personality type indicator doesn't say that about me, that that I need facts, you know, when I do. Yeah, that's quite funny. Cause you would think that you would be a T. You would think that you would be a thinking that yeah. it's all about logic rather yeah. than. But the thing is it's not all about logic for me. It's what I do is I, I do the logic and then I step back and I assess that logic using my intuition, I guess. I think that's how it is anyway. So I definitely am very much a gut person and I, I often say, you know, to Mick, you know, I'll say to him, I, I don't. I just don't think that's a good idea. And he'll be like, why? And I say, I just have a feeling it's just not a good idea. And, of course, he is very much a sentinel. Um, he's very much very factual. And so then he'll say, but why? And then I'll say to him, well, this is what this is the information I've gathered. And so I've gathered information in order to, to process it. But at the time, that information goes into the background and my gut takes over. But the information has to be there. Otherwise, I can't allow my gut. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's quite weird, and maybe it's not my gut, but all of these um, the these things say that that my gut does that. So I don't know. It's just it's it's too binary. 
that's my personal problem with it. And that's sort of the psychological community at large has pretty much dismissed this personality typing as uh, unscientific and unproven and, you know, it's all based on observation and opinion and no no rigorous study or anything like that. And so, again, this is <laughs> this is where um, my typing doesn't, doesn't show that I would criticize this typing (laughs) but it does but I do it anyway um and so you know you know you're an introvert or an extrovert and so the fact that it described me as you know shy and reserved you know that's wrong and it's 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 clearly wrong and you know how can I be shy how how can I be sort of a bit out there um but still be introverted there's no explanation for that in in this um so it's sort of it's a bit too bit too black and white and I think you know as as the scientists have said, you know, none of this is based in any actual studies, and and that's and that's okay. Like, there's there's something so much fun about doing these things, isn't there? Like, there is it's, it's, it goes back to those tests that we were talking about before of like, what vegetable are you? It's fun to do that kind of stuff, and I think that this is why the Myers Briggs personality typing is actually so popular is that it is actually comforting for us to have ourselves in a group like I think it appeals to our sense of tribalism to belong and I think that's what makes us believe that this personality typing has some kind of use does that make sense oh completely and I think that is why despite the lack of evidential research of this stuff you know existing out there and, and being based on empirical research, I think the reason it is still so commonly used in recruitment activities for businesses is because the employers as well like to <laughs> predict people's future behaviour. We are all so risk averse. No one wants to get an employee that they don't understand how they're going to behave because the time it takes to bring them on board and train them and pay them a salary and trust them with the task at hand if they don't feel like they can understand that person and how they're likely to behave people just can't cope with the risk of that so we go right let's give you a test pick a box work out what box you're in right you fit in this box so based on that so we're going to make all of our decisions (laughs) about this based on no science whatsoever but how much comfort (laughs) does it give us because like yeah as a and I worked in human resource management if you can assure people <laughs> that this new employee should follow this pattern of behavior because they are a type blah that makes mm. everyone go ah great because none of <laughs> even us, if it's wrong even if it's wrong we don't care <laughs> we just want someone else to take the um yeah. the risk or mitigate that risk away from us so we're yeah. prepared to put faith in a system that is unproven because (laughs) um, we are not prepared to face the consequences of having someone that might behave out of unpredictably yeah yeah even though even though I could do the test get an INFP and they think oh good she's introverted I'll stick her in the middle of the office with most of the people around her and then I spend most of my time talking to everybody (laughs) That's a yeah. nasty surprise. But see, and this is <laughs> a lot of a lot of workplaces don't ever follow up. Like they will do this That's as part of the recruitment process before you ever go. They don't ever say, 
you know, right now that you're in the workplace, let's do it again and see if we can readjust things. It's just like, oh, okay, this person's mm. an introvert. We really needed an extrovert. And then um, I remember mm. doing this uh, with potential um, employees that then basically their personality type would help identify our line of questioning. So we wouldn't mm. ask exact same questions to everyone. We would say, okay, you've identified as an introvert. Part of this role is standing in front of a crowd speaking. How are you going to cope with that? Have you done that before? Blah, blah, blah. Where the extroverts, you'd almost negate that and be like, oh, yeah, they're an extrovert. That'll be fine, which is, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because how many extroverts are scared of public speaking? Yeah, me. Most, like <laughs> most of the, yeah, exactly, like most of the population is scared of um, speaking and if yeah. half the population are extroverts then then there's a lot of inaccuracy there. So, And they make $20 million a year off this, like mm-hmm. the company that manages the the type testing and stuff like that. And it's really, I don't know, that, like I said before, the whole labelling them and putting them in, giving them names, and it kind of just gives us this little comforting sense of self of, oh, that's who I am and now I understand myself. And yeah. I do, I do like the process of going through the questionnaire because answering the questions is what tells you that little bit about yourself because it's often questions that you haven't really asked yourself before mm-hmm. or sometimes anyway and just you know you can then go oh okay I yeah I do like that or oh no I don't like that or yeah I do prefer that and that just helps you understand yourself and you actually don't even need the result to necessarily understand yourself better you mm-hmm. could just go through the process but um th- and there's there's other personality types and sometimes they can be useful but I just think placing a an emphasis on them um is is, can be really quite dangerous and you know if someone didn't get a job because of their personality type I think that's just ridiculous you know you can't assume you can't make an assumption and I can't I mean we we only used it it was like the first I was going to say the first line of defense that sounds terrible it was like it was the first (laughs) input it basically gave us that broad stroke of what this how this person thought and then that would drive the questioning but I think my greatest concern with this and I think uh, yeah I'll I'll tell you what I like about it first the first thing I like is that there's no right or wrong so if you're a thinker or if you're a feeler it's not saying that you know you 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 get a, a low score on thinking that means you're you're a bad thinker you're not logical it means no that being logical is not as critically important to you as appreciating people's feelings and, you know, being you, having your decisions guided by compassion mm. for people around you. You know, it's not saying that there's one right or wrong, but it kind of might help people understand why they react or respond the way they do. The danger mm. or the concern I have with it is that people use these things as a crutch to not move on. So you might be decluttering yeah. like a champion and then I've just said, hang on, you're an <laughs> INTP and you are most likely to be chaotic and collect heaps of stuff and not organise it because this is not on your radar. And you go, oh, sweet, now I have an hour. <laughs> I don't, this is my crutch. I don't have to worry mm. about trying to declutter my life because I'm an INTP and Tara said my type just collect stuff. Cool. Done. <laughs> that's my mm. free ticket to mess. Like, <laughs> no, that's, and that's what worries me about this thing is when they 
extrapolate it out. And you can look up personality types for, you know, how effectively personality types cope with weight loss or how effectively different personality types cope with uh, grieving or the loss of a loved one or, you know, like, and I don't know who is doing these studies, but there is, you know, Google tells us everything. I, and that's what I worry. So I go, right, this is my type. And the world of the internet tells me that my type is disorganized and that, you know, maybe there's no point ever trying to change that because that's just my type. And that, you know, mm. I take a long time to grieve. So great. I'm going to take five years off work to get over the loss of a loved one because that's what they're saying my type needs mm. to do. That's, that's my concern with it is that people behave in a certain way because mm. they're told that that's how their type yeah. behaves. And it can be self-fulfilling as well. So even if they didn't do a certain behaviour beforehand, the fact that their type has told them that that's what they do, you know, perhaps that could be become a bit self-fulfilling as well, which could mm. be helpful or unhelpful. But, yeah, either way it's it's just, yeah. I think the my biggest concern is the fact that it's it's used in employment and, you know, when you said that it was used as that kind of first filter, what it should be used, I think, if it's going to be used for anything, I think it should be used um, after they're hired to help manage them mm. and understand them better rather than help choose them. I think they should be chosen based on, you know, a whole lot of other things. And here's the here's the end part of me, a whole lot of the feelings that the interviewers get about the competency of this person and their values and their philosophies and that kind of stuff. And then afterwards they do this typing, um, if they must do this typing, so that people can sort of go, all right, this is the general personality type we're working with here. So when we're doing a performance review, uh, it's not going to be done everyone's not going to be reviewed in front of everyone else, for example, because mm-hmm. we have a couple of people in the room that aren't going to cope with that. Or, you know, this um, when we do this training, we're not going to make the, um, people do role plays because we've got these kinds of personalities in our group that aren't going to cope with doing role playing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it, it might be better place to be used rather than making decisions about um, whether people are hired or not. And, uh, and that's, you know, it's really largely used for for that and I think you know there's other tests that can be used to decide who gets hired um but yeah I don't know they're more they'd be more competency-based testing I would I would expect or I would hope yeah and like we said you could take your mood or your experience on any given day find your type Mm. and then uh continue to like if the testing wasn't done and you just were asked what type are you oh yep I'm a INFP, whatever, then, mm. you know, they could, you know, decisions could be made by yourself or others based on, on your type, which is just reflective of how you feel on one particular day. It's a bit like the, the testing they do in schools when they do um, NAPLAN, which is like an Australian competency-based testing system, measures how your child goes on that one day it is not reflective of Mm. their skills across the year it's not it doesn't capture things like how kind they are and how thoughtful they are it just captures their their output on in that particular moment and I think that's the there's a well there's plenty of holes in this but uh Yeah. yeah that's one of them that there's so many other things that are critical 
rather than just. I just thought of, yeah, I just thought of another one. Mm-hmm. Um, another bugbear that I have with it is that we can, again, unconsciously um, have bias against people that aren't part of our tribe. Mm-hmm. And you will see this sometimes in Facebook groups if someone mentions their Myers-Briggs type, you'll get other people going, oh, me too, oh, that's what I am as well, and oh, yeah, me too. And we have this uh, us and them part of our brain and that's the reason why we have, you know, racism and all those kind of problems is because we we just have this natural us and them tribal mentality and we can unconsciously make decisions based upon whether that person is in our tribe or not and one study that was done with um I think with some Americans with Democrats and Republicans they did this test and in one of the tests they uh, were partnered they were partnered up with the, with with someone and one of them had to eat hot sauce and the other person got to decide how long they how, how much hot sauce they had to eat and in one group they were told um, that they were that they didn't like hot sauce and in the other group they were told they didn't and in those groups were split as well where they were told whether or not the person that they were partnered up with was a Democrat like them or a Republican like them or or not like them depending on what they were. And they found that when the person knew what the other person's political alliances were and uh, they tended to make the person who didn't like hot sauce eat more hot sauce. Than if they didn't know, <laughs> and they even when they answered the questions, like sometimes they weren't sure whether they, like they, I think they weren't sure if it was conscious or unconscious. But and I think it was unconscious for some people, um, whether like you know they just didn't realise they'd done it. But there were other people who said, "Well, yeah, I gave them extra." <laughs> it's like they were even quite obvious and overt about it. Others didn't know they were doing it. But um, I found that really interesting. Is that you know um, we do tend to have this kind of us them mentality and if we are in these little labels and in these boxes does that mean that we're going to behave differently towards the people who don't belong in the same box that we do which is another one of my musings about this kind of stuff I guess and I'm going to come from the other point which is that sometimes though I feel like it can give people an appreciation that they've got to stop comparing because like bringing this back to clutter you can you might look at your neighbor or your friend and you're both doing the men's game or you've both decided you're going to declutter, you know, your kitchens or whatever it is. And one of you, you know, your friend, she might be going full steam ahead, really decisive, letting go of heaps of stuff, no sentimental attachment. And then you think, why am I not like that? Why can't I? I'm agonizing mm-hmm. over the egg cups because, you know, but when Arnie Joyce comes, she likes an egg cup. You know, like why am I Mm. so lost in this depth of thought? Why can't I just be like them? And although it is this whole, you know, that us and them can be, you know, really awful and really divisive, at at the same time, if people have an appreciation that we are not cookie-cutter versions, we we all have our individual um, perceptions and beliefs and behaviours. And so what someone might find really easy to do, someone else might find really difficult. And as long as it doesn't deter them from the goal, as long as they go, okay, cool, she's going to get her kitchen decluttered in four hours, I'm going to take four weeks because it's harder for me, it's a harder slog, it's an uphill Mm. battle. And it's not that she's right and I'm wrong or she's good and I'm bad, it's just that 
she makes decisions quicker than me and um, I, I agonise because I have, you know, a depth of feeling and sentimentality that is not present for her. So, like, on the, mm. on the other side, if it could be used potentially to help people stop with that compare and despair game that we all tend to play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. understanding that we're all different and that it's okay and that different doesn't necessarily mean wrong. Yeah. Which is, you know, the good thing about this testing is that there is no, um, I mean, if you go into descriptions of them, they've got your strengths and weaknesses, but there is no good or bad uh, and one is better than the other, um, which is quite good. And I think that- Although, you know, people will still say that, but <laughs> but there isn't anything exactly in the test that indicates that. Mm. And there's no... There's no kind of way of picking up if people are answering what they think they should be versus yeah. you know, what they really are. And, I mean, that's all that comes down to yourself and your integrity, I guess, when you're answering the questions. But mm. And the good tests will trick. The good tests put in multiple versions of yes. the same question to um, filter those people out, yeah. Yeah. But essentially... It doesn't say that if you're one or the or a lot of stuff doesn't say that you can't change your type that with behavior or learning. I mean, some some tests say mm. that you that's it, you should be the same for life. Others say you vary as you grow and you learn. I guess mm. the idea I would like to think of coming back to clutter and this kind of thing is that if you do a type and you really listen to this and go, okay, it says that my type is less likely to be organized great that that might be my starting point now I know where I need to focus my attention so you know stop focusing on the aesthetics because maybe that's not my my area of interest and that doesn't really appeal to me maybe it is all about getting myself organized so take from it what you will take the good bits leave the bad bits I say (laughs) yeah yeah, mm. and seeing you know we've we've hopefully we've we've talked about both the good and the bad in this so that people can make their own decisions about whether they they want to follow this um, or or not and yeah if you want to do the test either just for fun to make fun of it kind of like I do <laughs> or because you know you're really interested in understanding yourself better then yeah go for it and and do the test and have a chat with us on social media about it if you like we'll post our types just in case you uh, you forget and we can have a little chat about it guaranteed there'll be lots of oh me too and me too and I'm the same as you and I thought I would be <laughs> discussions because that usually happens when you talk yeah. about um, personality types see you next week thanks for joining us if you've enjoyed listening we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered if you'd like to connect with us you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.